Hi, this is Eddie Markham, pastor of River of Life Church, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for taking the time and listening to our podcast. Hopefully you're going to be inspired and impacted by our message today. I also want to let you know what's going on here at River of Life. God has just been blessing us, and we have outgrown our facility, and the time has come for us to get into a new building. We need to get into a bigger building. So we have kicked off a building campaign this year, and we are moving forward. And God is blessing it. So we are reaching out to you, our podcast listening audience. And just want to encourage you that if you would like to participate and make a donation into our building fund, please head over to our website. It's www.rol-ag.com. And right on the homepage there is a little donate button. Click on that. Follow the instructions and just sow your seeds, sow into this ministry and help us make this happen. I want to say thank you in advance, and I pray God continue to bless you and impact your life as you listen to the ministry at River of Life. All of your life, it's been a struggle. A struggle, a struggle this, a struggle that. But now I say to you that now your struggle is over. Somebody needs to know your struggle is over. Come on, believe it. Believe it. Your struggle is over. It's over. Tell somebody it's over. Just say it out loud. You need to hear yourself say, my struggle is over. My struggle is over. My struggle's over. Jacob, it's over. Your struggle's over. I know you're tired of fighting. You're tired of praying. You're tired of fasting. You're tired of seeking me. I'm telling you, it's over. The struggle is over. Here it comes. Woo. Here it comes. Jacob's standing there. Bible says, then Jacob said, tell me your name. See that when you really begin to change, you won't seek God's hand. You seek his heart. You seek his face. You're not wanting to know what God wants to give you and this and that. You're wanting to know him. What's your name? Relationship. Moses had it. That's why he said, I ain't going into this new year unless your presence goes with me. That's what Jacob is saying. Jacob is saying, you can have all this church and names and religion and fancy stained glass windows. All I want is your presence, God. That's all I want. I want something in me that's better and bigger and stronger than what I got, than my problems. He says, you can't handle my name. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to bless you right there. Right there, right where you are coming out in the snow. People couldn't make it. That's all right. I'll pray for him, but you made it. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to bless you right here. Bless you right here, right now, right now. Tyler came all the way from Everett, Michigan. Good to have him and his family. Love him. God's going to bless you, brother. Right here. He's going to bless you right here. He's going to take it back. He's going to bless you. Tomas came all the way from Lansing. Him and Kim love that family. Amen. Some of you came all the way from down the street. Bless you if you live close. Bless all the Belleville people, Belvin Knights. Amen. We love you too. But I'm telling you what, God is going to change us right here. Where is revival? I want revival. Draw you a circle. Draw you a circle. Get in that circle and say, I ain't getting out of this circle until you bring revival right here. Revival starts right here. I said revival starts right here. Draw you an X right here. Somebody need a change today? I don't know. You may, I may not let you sit down. I think I'm preaching right now. Come on. This is where revival starts right here. God said, I'm not going to wait, Jacob, until you see your brother. I'm not going to wait until you get it. I want to I do a change in you right now, right here. And I love what the scripture says. It says, from that day forward, 
He walked with a limp. Go ahead, sit down. He walked, he walked with a limp. That means after he encountered Jesus, the way he walked changed. Everything about him changed because he had an encounter with God. And from that day forward, if you keep reading, the Bible says to this day, the Jewish people will not eat the hip bone of, an, of a lamb in honor of this story. What does this have to do with the altar? It has everything to do with an altar. What is an altar? Hey Amen. Just stay right there, Steve. An altar is a place where man meets with God. I want you to write that down. It's not deep theology. It's, it's simply a place where you meet with God. This is an altar, not just right here. Been to some churches and they got like a altar. They call it an altar uh, bench up here, a little thing where you kneel. And that's cool. I, I don't have, but you can have an altar at home in your car. When I first got saved, I would go out at lunch in the parking lot, sit in my car, listen to my tapes. And they're plastic little things like this that, with a pencil and a tape. Anyway, and I'd listen to the word and I'd read my Bible and I'd eat my lunch. Sometimes I wouldn't eat my lunch because you know what? Sometimes God would show up in that car in Highland Park. And just what was I doing? I was building an altar. Do you know God has always wanted to dwell and have a relationship with you? Do you know that? All in the Bible from Genesis. That's the reason why you're created is to have a relationship. That's why you're not, the, you're different than animals. I love animals. He created animals for beauty to give glory to God. When you look at a peacock with all the colors, you can't go, that has accidentally happened over a thousand billion, million, trillion years. You went from a goo to the zoo to you. That just don't make sense. That's like walking through a, a, a jungle and stumble across a Dell laptop computer sitting up and functioning, playing Candy Crush. And for you to convince me that over billions and billions and billions and billions and billions, come on, somebody, somebody say common sense, that all of a sudden one molecule became, and all of a sudden, it, poof, there it is. That's ignorant. That's, it takes more faith to believe that than it does that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So God said, I'm going to show, Romans chapter 1 tells us that God leaves his signature on creation. You ever see a painting? And you can look at that painting, and if you're into art, I'm really not, but if you are, you can see a painting and go, oh, I recognize, that's Picasso. Wasn't he art? And what you got to do is you start to recognize the patterns from that artist. For me to walk up to you and go, no, they just, they opened the business and it just appeared on the wall. It's, you're going to go, ah. And then you can look close and you go, nope, there's a signature right there. Everywhere you look, God leaves a signature. Every sunrise, every morning, God is going, hello, people. I want you to see that I made that. The Bible says, David got it. David said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the mountains give glory to his handiwork. 
That's why you see an eagle, you see a bird, you see an animal. Human body, the birth of a child. Come on, there's songs written about it. What is all of that? That's God saying, that's me. And you know, every single one of us is different. You know all that snow we got? You know what blows scientists' mind? Every snowflake is different. That, every snowflake is different. Right? Every, every fingerprint is different. What is that? That's God saying, I created you unique. There's not another one just like you. Alyssa, there's not another one. Tanya, we all know there's not another one of you. <laughs> Donovan, there's not a one. Danielle, there's not a one. We're all different. You may have someone, you may have twins. They look alike. I got two twins. My aunts are twins. And for the longest, I couldn't tell them apart. But the more I got to know them, you can even tell them apart. You, you're, uniquely, you're, you're unique. My point is this, that God's always wanted to dwell with you. He says it in Corinthians. Write these scriptures down, and then I'm going to really keep going here. He says, I, I will dwell with them. This is God speaking in your Bible. He says, I will dwell in them, and I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. That's God. But sin entered the world, and through sin, sin broke that relationship. Sin broke the relationship between God and his creation. So the very first thing that you see in Genesis after sin, and by the way, through sin came sickness, disease, and death. God never wanted it like this. So that's why he created a heaven for everyone to go in where there's no crying, no weeping. In order to go to that place, you've got to receive Jesus. He's the only cure for sin because sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. So right when sin happened in Genesis, God said, I'm going to show you a way for me and you to still have a good relationship. I know there's been something has come between us. But I'm going to show you a way that we can deal with sin and I can restore my relationship with you. And that is I'm going to teach you how to build an altar. There's where the altar came from. An altar was a place that God said, I want to show you how to build an altar. Again, what's an altar? What's an altar? It's a place where we meet with God. In the Old Testament, it was a physical place. But the New Testament, it tells us that Jesus had altars everywhere. Look what it says. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. How many struggled to get up today? I know this is the 1130, so you guys should have been okay. There was still some. I know that the snow happens. I didn't want to get up. I'm the pastor. My wife was like, I think you got to go, Eddie. But isn't it something you wake up and then you roll over and it's more comfortable after you wake up and roll over than it is the first? I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, the power of the sheets are, is real. The pillow, the struggle is real. Tell somebody the struggle is real. He ain't lying up there. Some of you done got up, took a nap, and here you are again. I mean, it's sleep on weekends. Come on, somebody. It's snow everywhere. It's cold and dark. <laughs> but you know why I'm here? I'm here. Because this is where I built an altar. And I know that I came out here to see y'all, whoever was, was going to come. River of life. We got some river of lifers is what we call you. River of lifers. Y'all come out. We had a snowstorm on a Sunday morning. Y'all come in here with boots. Oh, Steve, we ready to worship. I was like, man, hey, that's how you do it. You go after God, right? But I came out not just to see you. I love you. But I came out here to meet with God. 
Jesus got up early in the morning and he went to his solitary place. He had a place. He had a place that he would go to where he prayed. What is that? It's an altar. He taught his disciples how to have an altar. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. That's the only question they asked Jesus to teach him, to teach them. They didn't say, teach us how to walk on water. That'd be a cool trick. Imagine that. They didn't say, teach us how to have power to do healings. And man, we need that. We need miracles. But they didn't ask him to teach him that, them that. They said, teach us one thing. Teach us how to pray. What are they asking? Teach us how to build an altar. Teach us how to build an altar. Why is an altar so important, Eddie? Why, why, why? I could give you five, seven. I'm going to give you three things. I want you to write these things down. They all start with ease, so it's easy to remember. And that's why I picked Jacob. Because Jacob, Jacob, I love the story of Jacob because he shows us the results of having an altar. The change that we all need only will happen if you have an altar. I even got an illustration. I told you I wasn't going to hold back today. Donovan got the platform for me. And I was like, oh, yeah, by, by the way, grab that brick. He was like, grab that bag. It's heavy. He got it. No problem, though. Yeah, I've been training him right. That's right. He's been. <laughs> I want to show you a little something. I want you to remember. I love using illustrations because I'm a visual kind of guy. And I remember things. And next time you see bricks, I want you to remember this. I like the story of Jacob because Jacob shows us something. For 20 years, Jacob is carrying around some things in his life. The Bible says the very first verse there that, that Jacob crossed over the Jabbok. Everybody say Jabbok. This is 20 years that he's getting ready to meet with his brother. For 20 years, that's a long time. For 20 years, he has carried around broken pieces of his life. Read the story. The brother was jacked up. He was a liar. He was a deceiver. He was a manipulator. And so because of that, he had a lot of baggage. You know, we all have baggage in our life. The biggest problem we have in our life it isn't, the problem isn't with the church we attend, the problem isn't with the worship, with any of that. Our biggest problem is our past, our baggage. I preached a couple weeks ago and told you how it can be containment. It can contain you. It can keep you from wanting to go further with the things of God. That's Jacob. He's wanting to go after God, but he's got this thing. For 20 years, he's carrying around this baggage of brokenness, of pain, of things that didn't work out. And now he's getting ready to meet his past. He's getting ready to come face to face with this past. Let me tell you something, some people run to God because they want to run away from their past, and I get it. Sometimes God can make the past so miserable, that's the only way he'll get our attention. That's how he got me, because I would have never came to church if I was going to have everything still going smooth. I had to wait till I hit rock bottom, because when you hit rock bottom, then we start looking up. But what God will do is he'll always, always, someone say always, have us go back and confront our past. You got to. But I love about, what I love about God is he'll never do it. He'll never let you go alone. He always goes with you. 
And so we carry around these broken pieces. And what I got in this bag is just a bunch of broken, a bunch of broken stones, just a bunch of broken bricks and stones. And what we do sometimes is we, we will carry this around and people will have empathy. People will come to us and we'll, we'll take our brokenness, our broken stones, and we'll even throw them at people. We'll usually use our brokenness to throw at people. They have, they have pity and they have sorrow and they come close to us because of our baggage. And when they get too close, we'll then project our brokenness on them and we'll, and we'll hit them and we'll hurt them. We blame people for our brokenness. We blame God sometimes for our brokenness. And, and God, I would be a lot better off if that wouldn't have been in my life. And if anybody gets close to me and tells me about my Jesus, about God, I'm going to hit you with a brick. I've gotten some close to some people trying to help them and man, they stung me. Get away. You can get comfortable. Here's the scary thing. You can get comfortable with your brokenness. You can get comfortable. Yeah, I'm working. I'll give me little muscles carrying this heavy bag around. You, you start. There was a man in your Bible that was sick for 38 years. 38 years he was sick. And Jesus came to him and said, there was a pool of water in John chapter 5 that an angel would come and stir the water and the first one into the water would get healed. And Jesus came to the man and he said, how come you haven't been healed yet? People would get a miracle if you were the first one in the water. How come you haven't been 38 years? And the guy said, no one will help me get in. Jesus looked at him. Now, if you were sick for 38 years, I would, I don't know about you, I'd be right on the edge. Right on the edge. Playing Candy Crush. I don't care. I'm going to be right here. Because when that angel comes, well, what do we do? Eh, it ain't going to happen. So I get way. Some of y'all way back here. What happened? He's getting comfortable with his brokenness. It's 38 years. That's why Jesus looked at him and said, what do you mean nobody helped you to get into the water? He said, but I want you to know I'm going to have mercy on you. And he healed him right then and there at that moment. He stood up. But Jesus said, now I tell you, now go and don't go back to your old life. Lest a worse thing come upon you. What's he saying? I healed you of your brokenness. Now, now don't run back to it. So we have brokenness. Jacob had brokenness. But this is what you do with brokenness. This is the first thing that he did. The Bible says he, he emptied him. Jabak means empty. This is how you deal your brokenness. This is how you do what you're broke. You're broken marriage. You're broken relationships. You had a dad that broke something in your life, a mom that let you down. You got some brokenness here. You thought you was going to get that raised by now. You thought you'd be blessed. But now all you got is pieces. God says empty, 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 empty empty but this is what you do with your broken pieces are you ready this is what you do you build altars with your broken pieces 
God says, give me your brokenness. Don't throw them at nobody. Don't tell nobody what they didn't do. I want you to take that broken piece. Broken pieces make beautiful altars. Come on, somebody. I said broken pieces make beautiful altars. And I want you to make that a place where I can meet with you. Bring your brokenness. Empty yourself of all that pain. Empty yourself of all that brokenness. Empty yourself of everything that you have. And give it to me and build an altar with that brokenness. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, if you've got some brokenness, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Come on, give him some praise today. Give him some praise today. Piece by piece. Piece by piece. Emptiness. An altar is where you go and you empty yourself. Don't carry it around. The Bible says, I'll give you beauty for ashes. That's what he's saying. I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I'll give you the oil of gladness, the oil of joy for your sadness. But you got to give him your brokenness. You got to learn to give him your brokenness and say, here, God, you can take it. I don't understand why this happened and why that didn't happen. Well, I'm giving even these little pieces, even these little things that I wouldn't think you'd be interested in. God, I'm I'm not going to hang on to none of these broken pieces. Life will break you down. Life breaks us down, people. I was praying at one of my altars the other day, and I was saying, God, why does everything in this world seem not to work? You ever do that? Go get gas and gas pump broke or something? I mean, it's just crazy. Debit car won't work. I mean, something always just seemed to, to break, you know? I was at the hospital the other day, and I had to go charge my phone. I went out in the hallway, had a free charging station. 12 wires to plug your phone up to get a free charge. My battery's dead. Plug it in. Mine was the only cord that didn't work. (laughs) Lady behind the counter said, well, I guess that's Murphy's Law. (laughs) And something inside of me said, man, are you going to settle for Murphy's Law? And the lady in the back said, well, you know what? I just stood there and I said, well, there's something greater than Murphy's Law. I said something. I said, I hate Murphy's Law. So I said, and, she, and the lady in the back goes, there's another charger that's down the hallway. It's a little bit of a walk, but there's another one. I said, okay. I walked all the way down there. All kind of wires sitting there. I plugged it in, plugged my phone in. And God said, are you going to settle for Murphy's Law? Or are you going to seek me for my law? Things break in life. I can't explain it why. But I'm telling you, there's someone greater than your brokenness. It's all I know. And God says, Jacob, you ain't going to face your past with your bag of brokenness. Brother's going to knock your head off. He's still mad. You can't face 2019. Don't bring your brokenness into 2019. Help me, river of life. Don't bring that brokenness into 2019. You might need to swipe left all the way down your phone. I don't know what you got to do, but don't bring that baggage and brokenness in. God says, no, 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 no. Don't take it. It's going to weigh you down. It's going to slow you down. I told you this is a season of bereavement. God wants to strip away some pain and some brokenness. He's going to cut them away, cut her away. Say, hey, it's not you. It's not for you because I'm bringing you into a new season. And you got to be lighter. You can't have that baggage dragging you around. Jacob, give it to me. Come to Jabbok. Yes. 
to Jabbok. Before you go into 2019, God is saying, come to Jabbok. Some of us be like, ah, go right over it. Look what he said. He said he sent his wives, everything valuable. He was emptying himself of everything. An altar is a place where you need to empty yourself of everything. Not hold back. When I got saved, I told him down at Life Challenge. I said, when I got saved, I went through my basement and I ripped off all the posters that I stole off all the party stores. I, I poured out all the alcohol. I got the stash up in the rafters with my drugs in it. And I threw that. That was my stash in case this Jesus thing didn't work. I was going to go back to that. You know, I, God said, no, no, no. What you mean if I don't work? You're going to hang out. That was me hanging out on one of my bricks. I ain't getting it. Some of you learn to love your brick. You're like that little Charlie Brown dude, Linus and his blanket. God is saying, come on, give me that. This is what I want you to see. Look down at it. You think it's a blanket that's going to comfort you or you see it's an old nasty, dirty, rusty old brick? Why are you hanging on to it? Jacob, why are you hanging on to what you did in the past? I know you're a manipulator and you're a liar, but I'm going to change that. I'm going to change your whole world. But you got to give me your bricks. You got to cross Jabbok. Please get it in your spirit today. Sooner or later, some of you go to Jabbok. Go there until you empty all the way out. If you got to make several trips, I just beg you, please go until your bag is empty. Because when you empty yourself, I told you I had three of these. The second one is an encounter. The Bible says when he emptied himself, when he crossed Jabbok, then he was alone. What does that mean? Then he didn't have his baggage. Then he's finally alone. God says, now you're ready for an encounter. Because there's no buddy-buddy system when it comes to God. God says, if you want to keep on coming with your friends and all of that, that's cool. But sooner or later, me and you has got to meet. My wife watched me go to church and come back. I was going by myself, and she, I was serving the Lord. She was just watching. She was coming with me, but she still had her bag. And she was just looking, watching, seeing if I was going to still serve God when I got off probation. Hey, come on, somebody. Because you got to drop, and you can't drop dirty. I'm just saying. What does that mean? If you don't know, I ain't going to explain it to you. I'm just saying. So she's thinking, is this just another one of his things? Ripping off his posters, pouring that booze out. I mean, that was big if you saw it because you knew me. And she watched me. And I'm getting rid of these changes. And I'm all by myself. And then God did. When you're all alone, God, read your Bible. God said to him, what is your name? You think he knew his name? Yeah, he knew his name. When God asks you a question, he's not looking for information. When he asked Adam, where are you? It wasn't like him and Eve was hiding in the bush and God was like, I can't find him. <laughs> Looked everywhere. And Adam's like, don't say nothing. We almost got him. That's how people think. I'm going to do this little thing on Friday. God ain't going to see it. What's up? I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be on the front row. Be like, yeah, ain't nobody going to know. God's going to say, what? My presence is going to go right over you. You're going to be in church. How come I ain't having no encounter? The lady next to me shaking and crying. She's getting a raise. She's getting a breakthrough. 
He's getting blessed and nothing's happening to me. God says, because I ain't got you alone yet. What's your name, Jacob? He knew his name. Reason why he asked him because he wanted Jacob to acknowledge who he was. He said, I know you're a deceiver and a liar and a trickster. Everybody knows that. Do you know that? I want you to tell me. Jacob looked up at him. You see, God will expose your sin, not to shame you, but to change you. God said, I don't want you to be embarrassed. I know what you're doing anyway. I want to, but I can't heal. Whatever you reveal, I can heal. If you hide it, I can't bless it. So I need to ask you one more time. Tell me your name. Tell me your issue. Tell me what you really are going, what you're really about, what's your motives, what's your, why are you really at church today? Come on. I want to know really what is going on in your heart. Jacob didn't play around. He was like, I'm a deceiver. Why? Because he was alone. I'm a deceiver. I'm a trickster. I'm a liar. Everything that comes out of my mouth is a lie. People ask me how I'm doing all the time, and I'm, just, I'm fine. Carrying them bricks around, God. I got rid of them bricks, but man, I don't know. I'm going to go back to them if you don't do something. God says, now I can do something. And from this day forward, he said, from this day forward, you're not going to be Jacob no more. I've just been waiting for you to admit who you are. From this day forward, you're going to be known as Israel, Prince of God. But I want you to see how he got it. He had to grab a hold of the horns of the altar. He had to build him an altar and stay at that altar and hang on to God until God blessed him. Let me tell you something. You need to get you a place where you're going to regularly meet with God. A Christian cannot survive without a regular encounter with God. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care how long. Every time I ask you, what's God doing in your life? And you go back to 1966, what he did at summer camp at them there Fahola camp. What has God done for you last week? I need to know. God is saying, hey, am I having regular encounters with your life? Been married 26 years. I can tell you how we met. It's beautiful. Ooh, it's passionate. Love. We have two kids to prove it. Come on, somebody. It's passionate love back, you know, in them days. But in order to make it 26 years. We got to keep that fire going. We got to have regular encounters. Come on, somebody. Can I go there today? No, no, that's 1130. Y'all want to turn the lights down low? Hey, what am I saying? For all the married people. Anyway, okay. Okay. Any relationship, you got you to keep it going in a relationship. Mom and dad celebrated 50 years. You got to keep it going in a relationship. You got to keep, keep it going. Daddy said there's white hair as smoke on the roof, but there's still fire in the fireplace. Come on, somebody. Woo, tweet that today. <laughs> hey, hey. What am I saying? I'm saying, real, let's spiritualize it real quick. Some of y'all looking at me all kind of weird ways. <laughs> I like this pastor. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Woo. Okay, Eddie, come on, help me, Lord. God's in heaven saying, hey, hey, it's been a long time. You know, you read two chapters later out of this verse, and the Bible says that everywhere Jacob began to go, he began to build altars. He went to this one place, and he had to rebuild. He said he had to go to one place, and he had to rebuild an altar. 
Some of you might have built some altars, especially when that movie War Room was out. If you haven't seen War Room, I encourage you, go get it, especially for husbands and wives. It's a, Priscilla Shire did an awesome job in that movie. It was in theaters. It, hit, it broke chart records. It's great. It's all about having a war room. Have you been in it lately? Jacob had to rebuild. Today, I want you to leave. I know we had a snowstorm, but you came out. Rest of you listening to this message on the podcast, I'm telling you, what is God wanting you to know? Don't go throughout 2019 without becoming an altar builder. Rebuild some of those altars. Rebuild those altars. Get along with God. Because when you have regular encounters with God, then the change will take place. That's the only way change happens. My wife began to watch me. And every time I came to church, it seemed like the pastor was preaching exactly what I needed to hear. It was like, man, has he got a mic in our car? People always ask me that. We were just talking about that on our way to church. I told you, Don, while you're in here, Don goes and puts a microphone in all of your cars. That's the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. I can preach on the family, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you about something about money. Something about a, a habit. That's, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. That's what happens when you, when you get under the anointing of the Lord, of the presence of God, and he preaches. You've got to have encounter, regular encounters with God. Every time I went to church, God would just say something. My hand, I would begin to worship a little more. I didn't do anything in the church for two years. I didn't volunteer. It was a huge church. They had enough volunteers anyway. They needed more. Churches always need help. And I believe in serving, getting in there. I mean, we would do little stuff, but I wouldn't miss. I was in there every service listening to everything he was saying. They didn't even know I was there. I was just sitting back there and listening. What was God doing? He was giving me encounters. And every time he was changing me, he was changing me from Jacob to Israel. That's the only way you... Religion's not going to change. You can go to the same church for 50 years, look at the same stained glass windows, listen to that old boring guy up there tell you about something you done read and highlighted in your Bible, look at your watch, want to beat the Baptist to Cracker Barrel, go home and say, we've been to church. Not here. We ain't that kind of church. And there's a lot of churches like this that aren't like those other ones. What are we all about? We're all about you encountering God. Why? Because that's the only thing that's going to heal you. That's the only thing that's going to restore you. That's the only thing that's going to make you different, change your life, is having an encounter with the Spirit of God. And God is saying the only way that's going to happen is if you build an altar. Are you ready for this? In the book of James, God says this. God says, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Who makes the first move according to that scripture? What's he saying? Build me an altar. Take time this week before you go to work. Get up a little bit early. I know, it's hard. Well, I used to get up at 3.30 to go to work, and I, I couldn't get up any earlier. I was just sleep in the kitchen. I mean, what? <laughs> so my prayer time was at the end of my day. I'd listen to tapes again, those little white thing, cassettes, and, and I'd listen. Not all the time. I'd listen to sport. I'm big into sports. I live 97, won the ticket. I'd listen to some music, but I'd always put in some, some word, man, and I'd have a little piece of paper with me all the time. Now we got phones. But I would have a little piece of paper with me, and God would drop nuggets out. I'd listen to Psalms. I'd listen to anything I can get. And what was happening? My mind is looking at these guys, idiots out here trying to drive the road. And my spirit was getting fed the word of God. And every now and then something would strike me, like, woo And I'd take that paper out, and I'd write it down. By the time I got home, 
Mike, I had a whole list of scriptures. Every day this would happen. Sometimes I had two. Many days I had lists of them. And I'd go and I'd get my word. And I'd look these scriptures up. And I'd, oh yeah, when, when I heard that, that's what that means. What was happening? My spirit was being changed. I was having an encounter with God. I was at my altar. Before I ever preached a message, it's not about preaching. It's about becoming. Christianity is not about doing. I don't do this. I can't do that. Christianity is about becoming. It's about being in a relationship with the Lord. And that's how you change. So you have emptiness as an altar. You empty yourself at the altar. You have encounters at the altar. Sometimes one time I was praying and I was praying. I pray loud. I like to pray loud. Not that God's hard of hearing. It just makes me feel better. Why do you pray so loud? God can hear you. Well, yeah, well, he's not schizophrenic neither. I want to pray loud. I'll pray loud. Okay. You pray quiet? Mm-hmm. God can do that. Hannah, pray quiet. I know there's a scripture for everything, but Elijah said, the prayer of an effective man, of a, the fervent prayer of a righteous man available. Sometimes you got to raise your voice a couple little more active and get a little bit more louder and say, hey, God. Some of my best prayers started out like that. And all this little, all this little quiet whispering, mumbling, hey, that's okay, but man, you really need to get, you want to really empty yourself? You're going to turn that bag upside down and be like, God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in my faith. I'm struggling with my doubt. Oh, yeah. There's a guy in the Bible named Thomas. God made an extra trip right to Thomas because he was doubting. And he said, hey, you doubting? I'm going to show you my hand. But come put your hand in my hand, but do it believing. In other words, believing is a choice. In other words, if you're struggling with doubt, you make a choice. You make a choice that you're going to build. You don't have to feel nothing to build no altar. You make a choice. I'm going to serve God. I don't know why this all went crazy in my life, but I'm going to make a choice today that I'm going to worship God, that I'm going to build me an altar, that I'm going to go after God. And finally, it's to express. An altar is a place where you express. That's what I've been preaching all morning. It's a place where you express. Every altar has to have a sacrifice. Are you ready? I'm closing right now. Every altar has to have a sacrifice. I don't have time to teach you about blood and why God required blood. It's when I first came to church, I know many coming to church are like, blood, why are they getting happy over blood? I mean, if you understand, let me just give it to you like this. Sin in sin is death. The Bible says in Leviticus, in blood is the life. Only blood contains life. So the only thing greater than death is life. And so blood is the only thing that can make atonement for sin because it's so horrible. There you go. Questions, see me at the information table. So what about a sacrifice, Pastor Eddie? You ain't talked about a sacrifice and the altar goes on a sacrifice. Oh, we're in the New Testament and we don't kill and, and sacrifice animals because Jesus gave his own life as the final sacrifice. But there is a sacrifice that we got to put on the altar every day. Tells us in Romans, this is the last scripture. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, listen, listen to Paul in the King James. It says, I beseech you. That means I beg you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies all that we are as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable or pleasing to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. What do I put on the altar? Do I put my money? Do I put, what do I put? My time? Do I put, no, no. God says, put your whole body on there. I don't want your money. I don't want your car. I don't want your little dog. Believe me, I tried to give him Ella many times. (laughs) God says, there's one thing that I want. I want your heart. Offer your heart, everything that you have, just give it to me. Put it on the altar. And the problem with a living sacrifice is it tries to crawl off the altar, don't it? Go ahead, try to live for God this week. Some of you fasted about lost your ever-loving mind. You see that? And that's good. It's a good practice because our flesh hates this. But God loves it. And on the other side of it, there's where the fire comes down when the sacrifices are offered. The fire would come down. You want to see that passion for Jesus? Come on, stand, stand to your feet if you want to see that fire lit fresh in your heart today. You want to see that fire burn in your heart? You got to give him a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is your heart. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jacob got up. He limped. And this is what I wanted to tell you about the limp. I learned to not trust people who don't have a limp. I like to talk to people who's got a limp. I like to talk to people who's been there when everybody turned on them. And everybody said it's going to be there for you. And he turned on you, laughed at you, made fun of you all over social media, blasted you and your God, made fun of you. What's happening, Pastor Eddie? God's touching you. You're going to walk with a limp. Jacob walked with a limp. Why? Everyone else thought he was damaged, but those that had altars knew this man had an encounter with God. That's why he limps. <laughs> oh. You're going to walk out of here with a limp. As you start meeting with God and have an encounter, you're going to start limping. You're going to start limping. Why? Because God's getting a hold of you. He's finally getting a hold of that area that he's been trying to get a hold of. And whatever he touches, you're never going to leave the same. Some people, the Bible says, some people, you're living a life of death and stench. But to God, it's a beautiful, sweet-smelling aroma. you got to have faith following God, and that's what we do by building an altar today. Amen. There's more here than I thought would be, but I think we can still do it. Can we all come out of our seats and can we feel this altar right here? We're going to sing one last song. And I want to symbolize building altars. You are all representative of broken pieces. In broken pieces, this is how we're going to build our first altar together right now. In the rest of the week, I want you to go home and build altars all week. Go ahead, gather in, gather in, fill this whole altar up. Amen. Bring them up. We're going to go out singing this song. And what we're doing is we're building an altar. Go ahead, put, put some, you got some broken pieces? Put it on the altar right now. Put it on the altar right now. In your mind, in your spirit, you're crossing Jabbok. And I need you to empty yourself. You might want to lift your hands however you want to respond, but I want you to empty yourself right now of all the bricks and broken stones and broken pieces in your life. You're, getting, you're emptying and breaking right now. Just, just put them on the altar. Put them on the altar. Father, I'm praying for an encounter with every man and every woman here today. Father, that you would meet with us in our brokenness. 
Father, that you would change us. We need an encounter. We need a change in our life. And Father, we want to leave out of here different than when we came. And God, you're working. Every week, you're working in our lives a little more, a little more. And we've been putting a little bit more stones up there. But God, I'm asking that you let us empty ourselves fully today. God, let us empty the bag fully today. God, give us the faith to believe, to trust you with our pain. Because only you give purpose to our pain. And God, we do that today. Not, you don't expose us, like I said, to shame us, but to change us. Change us, oh God. Let him change you right now. Just lift your hands to him. Surrender your heart to him. That's what an altar is about, is surrender your heart to him. Go ahead, put your heart on that sacrifice today. Father, hear our hearts today in January 2019. God, you want to do so many amazing things this year in this church and in these families. Father, you've brought families from everywhere that comes here to this church because you're doing something amazing in our lives. God, help us to trust you and believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead, praise him, praise him, worship him. Worship him, just love on him. Go ahead, you worship him. You say what you want to say. You pray, you worship, whatever you want to do. This is your God. This is your altar time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Go ahead, go ahead, pray, pray. Ask him to touch you, change you, change you, change you, change you. Change me, Lord, change me, Lord, change me, Lord. I need it. I want to be different this year, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Change in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Change in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Hallelujah. Change, 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 change. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Change. Yes, 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 yes. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Come on, give him your brokenness. Hallelujah, give it to him, give it to him.
time if you want to stay here all afternoon you know what you can you can I was doing something very powerful in this in this service today I was gonna preach something else because I knew everybody wouldn't come out with the snow God said you preach it he spoke through my wife but he said preach it Jesus gonna put this message on the podcast and I want you to re-listen to it again. Listen to these messages over again if you have to because God is speak to you something fresh. Father, I just pray that we would become altar builders at this church. We're gonna go home and build an altar. Couples, you're gonna pray together. If that's your thing, if you need to, then do it. You may, but you need your own altar as well. It's, it's an it's a individual thing with God. And Father, I pray we leave out of here. You'll change us. Let us become altar builders. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to continue to pray, go right ahead. If not, please relieve the volunteers. I know they're up there with our kids. Bless them. Give them a hug. Went a little longer today. If you need to get them to come back down and pray, go right ahead. But this is this is the house of God. This is what we do. Don't leave the altar. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.